Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of GAMSAT to Med School, a podcast by GradReady where we explore the best ways to prepare for the GAMSAT, medical school interviews and the process of applying to medical school. So my name's Alicia and today I'm joined by Nick. So how are you Nick? Um, Did you have a nice new year? Are you ready for another semester of med school? Oh, I wish I could say I was ready for another semester, but um, it's the summer went by very, very quickly, unfortunately. I'm sure that there's a lot of people in the same boat who are finishing off degrees, getting ready to apply and sit the game set as well, who are seeing their summer dwindle by. But um, it's good to be back in a routine, that's for sure. What about you? Yeah, I had a great break. Um, to be honest, I'm ready to get back into things. I'm the type of person who doesn't like to sit and not have anything to do. Um, So I'm excited to get back into a routine. But yeah, I'll miss the the time to relax and the time to kind of have to myself, but that's okay. Um, We'll just wait for the next break and hope that that's just as relaxing as this one. Um, So yeah, uh, in today's episode, we will be talking about all things stress. So being such a large large exam, GAMSAT is, of course, an extremely stressful time for many people. A lot rides on on this exam and stress can get the most of a lot of people, which causes them to underperform. Um, That's why today we're going to talk about stress management strategies that you can use before and during the exam to ensure that you do the best that you possibly can. I know this may seem like a dumb topic. But in actual life, in practice, the way that you handle stress leading up to and even in the exam can make such a world of difference and can be that one thing that pushes you over the line and gets you that interview at your dream school. So in this episode, Nick and I will go through some of our top tips when it comes to managing stress. Um, I think we've come up with five tips in total for all of you to try and implement and see if that helps keep your stress levels low, um, which will ultimately help you to perform to the best of your ability. So I think the biggest key to stress management in GAMSAT actually begins with your preparation. So there are a lot of ways that you can start practicing your stress management even before sitting the GAMSAT exam. Um, If you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Like if you develop skills and work on um, building up skills that will help prevent stress in the exam, you'll be able to fully concentrate on the content and the questions um, rather than things like time management and things like, um, you know, logistics when that's not the point of the GAMSAT. That's not what you want to be spending your brain power on. So let's get straight into it, starting with tip number one. Um, My first tip, which would be very helpful for people who are just starting their study now or have yet to start, um, is to plan your study really, really well. So there's nothing worse than realizing you don't have enough time to get through all the content and all the practice questions and exams that you wanted to before sitting the exam and freaking out with only one or two weeks to go. Um, 
because I know that happened to a lot of my friends that I knew sitting the GAMSAT. They didn't really plan out what they were going to study and when. And when the GAMSAT got really close, they got really, really stressed and spent the last two weeks freaking themselves out, um, working themselves to the core to try and get through all the content they wanted. And it just did not work out well for them. So I would suggest sitting down now, if you haven't already, and write down a list of exactly what you want to finish before the GAMSAT. That will be different for everyone. Some people might want to focus more on content. Other people might have a goal in terms of the number of practice questions that they want to complete before sitting the real exam. So I guess have a think about what's important to you, what you think you need to prepare best for the GAMSAT, and write a whole list of that down. Um, once you know what you need to do, then you can plan your study time around other commitments like your uni assessment and work. And that will also help you to determine how much study time you need to devote to each section. Um, and it will give you a better idea of what your days will look like while at the same time ensuring that you're getting everything done. Um, so I just found that having this plan also keeps you motivated. Um, like if I, you know, had a plan written out and every day that was staring at me and I had to do it in order to cross it off my list, it would kind of motivate me more to sit down and actually start studying each morning. Um, I think it also keeps your stress levels down when it comes to studying. So instead of worrying about like, oh, am I doing enough? Have I studied for long enough? Um, am I wasting too much time on study? Do I need to take some time off and do some hobbies? Like if you kind of plan out your time beforehand, you don't have to be thinking this these things to yourself every single time you sit down. Um, and I guess sitting down and studying without a set time and not knowing when you're going to finish, that makes studying seem like a lot more of a chore. So I feel like if you sit down and you say to yourself, I'm only going to do this for two hours and that's it, I can spend the rest of my day doing whatever I want, it makes it a lot easier for you to sit down and actually start that initial study. Um, yeah, so that's, I guess, my first tip and making sure that your study is well organized. Um, did you plan your study at all, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I did. I definitely could have been a lot better about generally structuring my study um, and being a bit more strict about what I wanted to do each day, but I definitely broadly laid out what I wanted to get through. Um, so I, not having a science background, I did have quite a lot of content that I wanted to get through before I did sit the exam. Um, so it felt like quite a lot and I tried to kind of structure each day. So I had at least a rough outline of what I was going to cover. Um, and I told myself that I wasn't going to stop studying until I kind of finished what I'd set out to do at the beginning of the day. And I think the thing that helped me with that is, so let's say that on Sunday night, I'm trying to make my plan for Monday. So I'm saying that Monday morning, I'll devote specifically to chemistry. And in the afternoon, I'm just going to be doing practice questions. So just maybe section three practice questions. And my goal generally would say to get through a certain number of teaching videos for um, a section of chemistry. And then that would be the morning plan. And then the afternoon plan would say 
practice questions, sit down in a row, um, smashing them out, maybe doing somewhat of a timeline, but just making sure I got through the hundred practice questions and kind of understanding what I did or didn't get right throughout that. And the thing that helped with that, I think is that, and I, I think a lot of you probably can commiserate with this a bit is you'll have periods where you're really productive with your study and you have periods where you're maybe not so productive, at least with your time. Um, and so for me, it was more about setting a goal of physically what I wanted to get done and not just saying, I want to sit down for two hours because two hours of study can vary immensely in what you actually get done. Um, so basically if I got through the material quickly, so if I got through my, my chemistry section videos nice and quick, I didn't, you know, stuff around and go get a coffee halfway through and then grab a snack and like kind of mess around a little bit here and there, I could reward myself and actually take a break. Um, but if I wasn't really using my time well, so if I was kind of, you know, on my phone, on social media, I was getting distracted nice and easily. Um, I'd basically just keep going until I finished what I'd set out to do. And that really kept me accountable to make sure that each day was full of a good chunk of study and not just a timeline of saying, I'm going to study for six hours straight. Um, it was more, I, I want to get through this content. And by kind of saying roughly what I wanted to do each day, I could kind of make that timeline to say, cool, this is going to ensure that I get through all the content I want to get through by games that day. And also I'm going to be able to do all the practice questions I want to do, or I'm going to at least get a big chunk of practice questions before games that day as well. Um, and so, yeah, made sure that I could, you know, I was actually studying and not just justifying time spent sitting at a desk and, you know, quote unquote studying. So I think a plan is super, super important as well to make sure you don't forget anything. So, you know, we're constantly reminding everyone to be writing essays and don't neglect section three practice questions and content. Um, so it's really important to at least set aside a few hours each week to be devoted to those tasks, especially if you're planning you know, 20 hours a week focusing on section three and then you're working on top of that or you've got family or you've got whatever else it might be, you really need to make sure that, you know, say 75% of your time is devoted to section three. If that's what your, you know, you notice that your holes in your knowledge are, you still need to make sure that 25% of your time is being spent towards those other sections because those scores are just as important. Obviously section three can be double weighted for some schools, but if you don't get a good enough mark for section one and two, you, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So um, definitely make sure that you are covering everything and you're going to get through what you want to. So, and I think the other thing too, is it's really easy to get lost down a big rabbit hole of section three content, especially. So, you know, you find one thing out about chemistry and then that leads you to, to do a Google search about something you didn't understand. And then two hours later, you're literally still looking at that same concept when it's like, well, you don't need to know that depth. You need to know the basics and move on. So having a plan and saying, oh, I've only got through one chemistry video today and I have 15 more to go. That's kind of keeps you on track saying, look, I need to be decisive about my time. So um, yeah, it's, I think just planning overall is really helpful. It keeps you on track. It lets you know that if two months out of the exam, you know, if you're kind of um, following that timeline or whether you need to revise. So even if you're not a big planner, set a bit of a timeline for yourself, even if it's a broad plan. I, I definitely could have been more strict with my, my planning of what I got done each day, but that's not really my personality either. But regardless, I think planning is, is pretty important. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you made a really good point about making sure you don't neglect the other sections. So if, if there's one specific section that you really need to work on, yes, spend the majority of your time on that, but also don't forget about the others. Um, so I know for me, I 
spent a lot of time on section one and two because I knew they were my weak spot. And even though I was pretty comfortable with section three, I still made sure I saved some time to go through that and make sure that I was comfortable with everything within that section as well, even though I was already pretty confident about it. Yeah, just because some schools don't even look at your application unless all of your um, sections are above 50. So you could do amazingly in section three, but if you don't get above 50 in section one or two, you know, half the schools in Australia won't even look at your application. So that's very something very important to keep in mind. So I guess that takes us to tip number two, which is time management. Um, I think that time management is an essential key to being successful in the GAMSAT. And so I cannot stress enough how important it is to have a good idea of the timing of the exam before actually walking into that exam room on the big day. So I've had a lot of people ask me about the GAMSAT and how they should prepare. And my biggest tip every single time is that they should do all of their practice questions under a time limit. Um, so I found the easiest way to go about this is to calculate how long you'll have for each question in the exam itself and to plan your study sessions accordingly. So for example, I believe that there's about a minute and 20 seconds per question in section one. So let's say I plan on doing an hour of practice questions each morning for section one. I would plan to complete 45 questions in that hour, which is pretty much spot on one minute, 20 seconds per question. Um, I just found that doing it this way meant that you kind of get a feel for how long each question takes and how fast you should be going. So when it comes to exam day, you don't have to waste time and waste your energy thinking about whether you're going fast enough or whether you're going too slow. Um, and you will walk into that exam knowing that you have the skills to get through all of the questions and to give yourself give yourself a good shot at every question on that exam. So Nick, did you have any other tips to improve time management for the GAMSAT? Like how did you practice um, and prepare in terms of time management for the exam? Um, yeah, so I did a, a pretty similar approach for timing myself to make sure that I was doing practice questions on the same timeline as what they'd be on the exam day. Um, because I didn't have that science background, I did focus quite a lot at the start at doing concepts. So I gave myself a fair bit of um, wiggle room kind of when I was sitting a couple months away from the exam when I was doing practice questions so that if I had gaps in my knowledge on the concepts, I gave myself a bit of time to kind of look them up, Google words that maybe I didn't know um, and find the definitions that I needed. But as I got closer and closer to the exam day, I was being very strict about that timeline. Um, and when I sat the exam, it was in 90 seconds per question for section three. Um, now it is two minutes per question for section three. So it's just kind of knowing how long that takes in your head and being aware of kind of setting your internal clock to start going off around that minute and a half mark. So you know, okay, cool, I've got about 30 seconds left. If I can't get through it in that time, maybe I need to start thinking about skipping this question um, or taking an educated guess and moving on. Um, 
And so that's kind of the idea behind practicing with that timeline is it, it makes it so that internal clock is kind of accustomed to that length of time and you can relatively reliably know if you're taking too long on a specific question. And I think one thing to kind of keep in mind with that is, is that that two minutes per question that you guys are going to have is taking into consideration that there are um, 75 questions in 150 minutes. And that's not thinking about how long it's going to take you to read the stems of each question. So if we've got stems that have four or five questions after them, if you're taking a lot of time to read through the stems, that might take you two or three minutes to kind of weed your way through that information as you're going. So honestly, you're not really looking at two minutes per question. You're probably wanting to sit around a minute and a half per question. So it's more just understanding that as you work through, your alarm bell should be going off if you start to hit about that two minute mark that you've been working on a question and you start to go, look, I need to make some quick decisions here and decide, okay, am I close enough to an answer that I can answer it in the next 30 seconds? If not, I need to move on because a lot of people don't finish the exam. And for those that don't, you know, you might miss 10 or 15 questions at the end. And if you've got a really strong chemistry background, for example, there might be a set of chemistry questions at the end that you don't get to because you haven't utilized your time well at the start of the exam. So you just end up having to guess on them because you don't give yourself enough time at the end. Um, so it's really important to kind of budget your time wisely. And again, cut your losses too. If you know that it's going to take too long, there's nothing wrong with guessing and moving on. And there'll be some questions that it takes less time. It takes you 30 seconds to get to an answer. You're building up time. Um, to, I guess, be able to, to spend a bit more time on those other more difficult questions or the, the questions that you maybe don't know how to approach straight away. But the general idea is, is you need to know that maybe for a five question stem, you're looking at spending about 10 minutes on that entire section. So as soon as you flip that page on your computer to go to that stem, you know, you've got about 10 minutes sitting in your pocket to try and get to the next stem. Um, and you know, yeah, just doing practice questions with that will give you an idea um, of where you sit and you know you're kind of thinking that for section three specifically you're sitting somewhere in the ballpark of 15 stems in that section so if you're not factoring in that reading time and say two minutes per stem that's going to be half an hour of your time that's just going to be eaten away that you're not expecting so um Time management is really, really important and not just section three, but section one, as Alicia mentioned as well, because, you know, there's all sorts of, of different reading passages present in section one to where, you know, if you're really good at reading news articles or journal articles um, and there's one sitting at the end, if you don't give yourself time to get to that question because you've gotten bogged down on questions that you maybe are less likely to get right, you're going to kick yourself if you look and you flip that last page and it's something that you're really comfortable with and you can you can approach well. So, yeah, time management. Um, it's um, super important. No, I think so they're really, really good that, points. Um, I think that we'll talk a little bit later about my strategy to kind of go about that. But I think it would it's a similar concept to the strategy that you used in terms of time management. Um, but I do kind of, we'll talk about it, I think, a little bit later in terms of what I did specifically. Um, but I think in terms of time management, it just really comes down to practicing and personal preference. Um, I know a lot of people who have tried a lot of different ways when it comes to time management and how to manage their time in the exam and different things work for different people. So I think it really is good to practice in advance and to kind of have an idea of what works for you and how you're going to manage your time in the exam because the way that works for me or the way that works for you may not work for every single person out there. Um, 
So I think that's kind of my biggest advice, just to really play around with it and to be flexible with it until you find something that works really well for you and for your exam taking methods, I guess. Um, so moving on now to tip number three that we have for you, which is to get into a routine early. Um, so if you know you have to be at the exam center at 8 a.m., but you don't normally wake up until 10 a.m., start to slowly shift your sleep time so that by the time the game set comes around, you're not struggling to get out of bed and all groggy getting in the car on the way to the venue. Um, so that's more of a, I guess, logistical change that you could make. But in terms of other aspects of your routine, try to keep a routine when it comes to things outside of study, such as your hobbies and your social life. I think Nick and I have spoken about this many times because I think we're both quite passionate about it, um, but you should not be giving up all your extracurricular activities to study for the GAMSAT. Um, in fact, I think that having something to do other than study that you love and that you genuinely enjoy doing to break up your day, can actually really, really help keep your mind fresh and it can keep your motivation going, which can overall improve the standard of your study and the amount of study that you can get in before the exam. So pick some time for you, whether that be every day, every second day, every weekend, for you to relax and to do what makes you happy. Um, if you think about this, you're really in this for the long haul. So you know, keeping time for movies and socializing and any hobbies that you have will help you get through all the ups and downs of not only GAMSAT and med school applications, but also throughout med school itself. So, you know, you may think that you're working really hard now studying for the GAMSAT, but to be honest, once you get into med school, I would say the study only gets greater and greater and more and more stressful. So having those hobbies actually becomes even more important in med school when you're doing this for four years straight with no break. Um, I guess you have holidays, but during the semester, you'll be expected to maintain a very high level of study. Um, and so being able to take that time and to step away and to grant yourself that time to relax and to enjoy something that for yourself, I think is very, very important. So what do you think, Nick? Do you have a similar outlook? Yeah, I mean, we all know that humans and animals are creatures of habit, and the more time you give yourself to acclimatize to the exam, the better. So like you said, if you're trying to get up to, to do the exam at 10 a.m., and you know that you're not a morning person at all, slowly kind of get yourself up earlier and earlier in the morning um, to kind of get yourself ready to be able to be as fresh as possible on exam day. And, you know, it's it's just as important not entirely throughout your normal day-to-day -day routine um, because all it's really going to do is cause you unneeded stress on the day. So you kind of want to keep things as similar as possible and make slow changes if you are going to try and change your schedule. Um, but really the bottom line is gear yourself to peak during your exam time, whatever time of day or day or days that that ends up being. But don't try to change your entire life around this exam. Obviously, you guys are going to be studying a lot of hours each week for it. 
treat it kind of as your full-time job, but other things should be able to stay somewhat consistent because that's what keeps you sane throughout this process. Um, if you've been studying, say, 30 hours a week the past few months, don't all of a sudden try to fit in 50 hours of study in the final week, plus work, plus taking care of the house or whatever else. You know, If anything, you really should be trying to taper off so you're completely refreshed when you sit the exam on exam day. And again, as Alicia said, maintaining that balance between the mental and social health is going to be really important in the game set as well as through med school. I know that it, like Alicia said, it's not kind of a, a, you know, something to look forward to, but it does just continue once you have sat the exam sat. It's not like this is gonna be the last exam you ever sit. Maintaining this kind of social and mental health is really important throughout because things will be stressful. Um, you're gonna to have to put a lot of time into study. And even when you get into the workforce as well, you know, once you finish med school, it, it doesn't all of a sudden just drop off and you, you know, it's all parties and, boat trips and everything. You know, like there's a lot of stress that's involved. So being able to take care of yourself now um, is incredibly important for your future because you know keeping these things that you really enjoy in your life, yes, you should enjoy your work and yes, you should enjoy what you do 90% of the time, but you do need to do things that are purely for your own enjoyment, not just for you know monetary gain or for um, personal status and that type of stuff. So it's it's important to have things that you just purely enjoy as much as possible. Um, and I think that does get lost on a lot of people. So I know that that's kind of a bit of a tangent around it, but the, the gist is the fact that keep to a routine, do things that you enjoy and try to kind of not throw your body out as much as you possibly can in the lead up. Um, and I think that kind of leads a little bit into to tip number four for us, um, which we've spoken a bit about one of our previous podcasts. So if you need to, feel free to have a bit of a listen for that if you feel like it's something that you want to know more about. But it's kind of pushing a bit more into what you're actually going to be doing on exam day. And the idea is, is planning everything and packing everything for exam day in advance is going to be a very, very comforting thing. Um, if you need a ride to the exam center, know who's taking you, know what time the bus leaves, know where you're parking, whatever it may be. Confirm your arrangements a few days before. You know, if your friend's picking you up, text your friend a few days before, text them the night before. Obviously, don't be, you know, annoying. They're, they're doing something for you that's nice. Um, but just make sure that they don't forget. Try to mitigate as many stressors as possible on the day because it, you don't need that when it's already going to be a, a very stressful day. And that flows on too to making sure you have you know, your absolute favorite lunch that's nutritious and is going to kind of carry you through the afternoon. So you're going to get that break between section two and three. So going into section three, you want something that's nice and hearty that's going to sit well in your stomach. It's not going to bog you down and bog your kind of... Um, your brain energy down. You're not going to be sitting there in your chair about to fall asleep. Um, and you know, you've got other stuff as well. You need to make sure you have all your materials ready to go. So paperwork, um, I think they usually require you to print off your ticket. So just having that and knowing, you know, that you've got it in your hand, you're not trying to find a printer at 6am on the Saturday morning of the exam, because all of a sudden you've forgotten that you need it printed off. Um, and things like stationery, extra layers of clothing, have it all set out before you go to bed so that if you do need to rush around and solve some problem, you've got you know, 12 to 18 hours to do it. Um, and you know, make sure that you wake up with a clear mind so you're not trying to focus on saying, oh, where's that pen, where's that pencil, um, who's picking me up, are they, are they ready to go? You know, all that's cleared so you, you know, as soon as you wake up, if you're someone like me that likes coffee, you can sit down, have your coffee slowly, you know, 
kind of ease yourself into the day, get yourself as mentally prepared as possible and you're not rushing around the house trying to find your idea or whatever it may be before you leave for the exam. So um, the idea is, is reducing that stress and anxiety and all the other parts of your day can help you keep you focused on the exam and make sure you don't waste precious brain power and emotional energy on kind of those silly things that you could have easily avoided by just being a bit more prepared. And that does tie back into what we just said about taking care of yourself leading up to the exam. Don't try and do silly things that your body's not used to. Don't go for a 10K run the night before the exam because you will be sore if you don't run. Um, it's just kind of simple things like that that you know now is not the time to learn some brand new skill that you've never tried to pick up before. Wait for you after the exam. You have plenty of time waiting for exam results to come out. Um, try to kind of just maintain the status quo, keep to your study, keep to your social engagements and, and try not to, to stress yourself out too much because I think everyone can agree, it, for those of you that have sat the exam before, it is stressful. So so do what you can to take care of yourself. But yeah, um, I think Alicia, that's do you have really any thoughts on that? Tip for everyone. It's something that's so easy to do. And, you know, I think a lot of people forget about it and don't really consider it. Um, and then when it comes to the day, they realize they should have prepared it before. And then that just builds the stress and makes everything a hundred times worse. And so just having that little bit of foresight and planning it in advance and like, they're not hard things to do, you know, making sure your pen is in your bag or your pencil is in your bag before you leave, making sure you have your ID on you or even put it in your bag the night before, um, you know, things like that don't take very long, but they can make a world of difference when you're really stressed, when you're, you know, already in a quite anxious state um, where anything going on, going off or going wrong can really set you off. And so just putting yourself in the best possible position so that nothing like that would happen um, it's just something that I think is a no-brainer and something that everyone should be doing before the exam. Yeah, so I guess now we've spoken about everything you could do leading up to the exam all the way up until like the night before the exam. So that takes us nicely into tip number five, which will be kind of about exam day stress management. So now that we're at the big day or your preparation is complete, um, you have to ensure that you can manage your stress within the exam to allow you to perform to the best of your ability. Like you've done all the hard work, you've put in the time, you've put in the hours, now is your time to shine and your time to show the examiners what you can do and, you know, how well you have prepared for the exam. And so doing everything you can to ensure that you can prove that to the examiners is should be your main goal. Um, so I think I, I came up with a couple tips personally and Nick also came up with some um, to help with this. So my first tip, which may sound really stupid, um, but I think it's really helpful is to actually practice breathing. Now, you're probably sitting there being like, Alicia, what in the world are you talking about? We don't even need to think about breathing in day-to-day -day life. Like, why should we bother using our precious brain power concentrating on breathing during the game sat? Well, 
Believe it or not, breathing exercises, or more specifically deep breathing, has actually been shown to voluntarily regulate your autonomic nervous system. And that can help lower your heart rate, regulate blood pressure, and actually help with relaxation. And all of these actions combined help to reduce the amount of cortisol reduced into our body, uh, released into our body, sorry. And so cortisol is our stress hormone. So by reducing the amount of cortisol released, that's inherently reducing our stress levels. So hopefully I've turned a few ears with those facts um, and I've kind of pointed out the significance that breathing can really have on your body's stress response. And so now for the big question, like what are these breathing exercises and how do I actually go about them? So personally, my favorite one is called box breathing, mainly because it's the simplest and the easiest to remember. And the way box breathing works is that there are four different steps and each step measures the same length. I like to do it for five seconds each, um, but I know every person is different. And so you can experiment with different lengths and find what works for you. The way it works is that you breathe in for five seconds, hold at the top of your breath for five seconds, then you breathe out for five seconds and hold at the bottom for five seconds. You then repeat this as many times as you need or that as you want until you feel calmer, you feel more relaxed. Um, I know people personally who do this exercise, but with 10 seconds for each step. But I find that's just a bit too long for me and five seconds works perfectly fine. So it does take a bit of trial and error when it comes to timing. Um, And there are a few tips as well. I find that it works best when you make sure you breathe really deeply with each breath and that you make sure you hold your breath fully. So when you're holding for those five seconds, make sure you are not breathing whatsoever. You are fully holding your breath before you let it go again. Um, If I felt like I was losing control during the exam or even just before or after the exam, I would close my eyes and just do box breathing. I wouldn't obviously spend too much time on it, but I'd maybe do, you know, three or four rounds of box breathing and then I'd get straight back into the exam. Um, Another tip with box breathing is make sure you're concentrating solely on your breath and the movement of your body with your breath. Um, By doing that, it's helping to help center your mind and to focus your mind um, and to kind of, I guess, for a really short period of time, get rid of any distractors that may be causing your anxiety and your stress and to really get that heart rate down, get your body into a better state before moving on to the next question. In a more practical sense, in terms of what you could do, um, I find that breaking each exam up into different chunks and setting a goal for each, usually by the hour, um, works really, really well. So for example, in section one, like I said, we have about a minute and 20 seconds per question. Um, So I would set a question goal for the end of each hour. Um, So I guess in terms of what we were talking about before, after the first hour, I would check in and I would expect to have done 45 questions by that point. And that gives me a really good indication of whether or not I'm on track to finish the exam, whether I need to speed up from that point, whether I can take a little bit more time, 
or it all it will also give me an idea of whether or not I'll have time to go back for questions and whether I'll have some I guess um, checking time to go back through any questions I'm uns- I'm unsure of and so if at the one hour mark I was only up to question 40 in my mind I would know that I needed to speed up a little in the second hour to get through all the questions and to ensure that I have a good shot at every question I'm getting. Um, and I found that worked really well because then I didn't have to time every single question. And it also kind of ties in with what Nick was talking about before with like um, factoring in the time needed to read the STEM and to process the STEM. So I think those are my two biggest tips for actual exam stress management. Um, Did you have any other stress management tips to impart to our listeners, Nick? Yeah, I think I would say that, you know, for those of you who don't want to maybe utilize deep breathing techniques for general relaxation and maybe worried it's gonna take up too much of your time on the exam, do not underestimate the value of literally just taking a couple of seconds to take a few deep breaths and refocus yourself. And again, you know, the idea behind it is the exact same. So, you know, what you find focuses you might not work for someone else and vice versa. But for myself, when I sat the exam, there were a handful of times and, you know, I, I specifically remember it in section three, probably not necessarily because it was harder than the others for me, but um, more so because it was at the end of the day. So I'd already had lunch. Um, It was a couple hours long after lunch. I'd already been massively fatigued from the morning. So for me, it was absolutely invaluable to just sit there after maybe 20 or 25, even 30 questions, put my pen down for a second. And again, you don't have to worry about that necessarily because you're on the computer. Put the pen down, take a few deep breaths, say a few encouraging words to myself silently. Of course, you don't want to be shouting anything in the middle of the course. And then you carry on. So literally just taking that 10 second, maybe 15 second window to just do nothing. And just kind of, if you need to rub your eyes, if you need to do a quick little stretch in your chair, obviously be careful that you're not like looking around the room because that might look a bit suspicious to, to the invigilators. But it's it's honestly just taking a couple of seconds where your brain can just flick off. You can take a deep breath. You can you know make sure that you're, you're recovering just a little bit and then you're getting back to it. And it doesn't have to take long, it can be all of 15 seconds, or if you really need it, take a minute, take two minutes to just stop and try and you know reset your brain a little bit because those few seconds, for me at least, helped ensure my brain could approach the next stem and the set of questions with a fresh brain. And I wasn't just trying to sludge through the stem where I was entirely brain dead. Um, I think that people try to push through that fatigue, but if you find yourself fatiguing mentally and losing that focus, instead of trying to rush through and read the stem, which if you are fatiguing, usually end up having to read, you know, a sentence, a paragraph, if not the entire stem multiple times just to let it sink in. And that's gonna take an extra 30 seconds anyway. So you're almost better taking that 10 to 15 seconds at the start to just calm yourself and ground yourself in some way. And even if it's literally just putting both your feet on the ground, both your hands on the table, taking a big deep breath in and out, and then going again, that might mean you don't have to read the stem multiple times and you are able to actually take in what you're reading. And rather than you know wasting 30 seconds to a minute to maybe two minutes rereading and rereading the stem, you're just giving it one quick read and you actually take in what's going on. Um, 
And you know, I think lastly as well, the biggest thing that I can kind of say is, is just stick to the plan and trust the process. Even if it feels like everything's crashing down around you on exam day and you feel like you're not getting as many right as you hoped, or maybe even you're feeling like you're not getting any right at all, I think that's very, very common. You need to just put your head down, keep moving through at the pace you set yourself. So keep that timeline in your head, keep breaking down questions and stems just like you've practiced and trust the process the entire way through because all of your preparation is leading you to be able to do this and you've done the practice questions, you've done the practice exams, you've done whatever else it is, you've done the study that you need to do. Trust it, what you've done is enough. And if it's not, you can sit it again. It's not the end of the world, but there's no sense sitting there on exam day and beating yourself up and saying, I can't do this. It's not right. I'm not doing well enough. Because again, I, we've mentioned it before, but I think very few people come out of the exam feeling, you know, sharp as attack and like they did really, really well. You just have to realize that you've put in a lot of preparation. So you need to trust that that's going to carry you over the line in the end. Um, and that your preparation was was good enough or was at least the best that you could have done with the time that you had. So um, don't try to kick yourself on exam day. There's always months afterwards to do more preparation. Um, trust the process, stick to your plan and try and get through it. So um, is there anything else you want to add to yeah, that I at all, Alicia, before really, we kind of really wrap things point. up? Um... And that's what I try to tell everyone I talk to about the GAMSAT. Like once you're in there on exam day, what's done is done. You can't go back and change how much preparation you did. You can't go back and, you know, take back the hours you spent watching Netflix and study instead. So there's no point whatsoever even thinking about that. Like the, don't even allow yourself to think that on exam day because... It's just going to hinder your performance and it will not benefit you in any way. Um, you know, if yes, you think you should have done more preparation, that's something for you to worry about after the exam, should you choose to sit the exam again or should you need to sit the exam again. That's not a thought you should be thinking or worrying about in the exam room while you're trying to read stems and telling yourself I should have studied more if I studied more I would be getting this question like that's just wasted emotional energy mental energy and it's just psyching yourself out honestly um so just keep like I would even tell this to myself sitting the exam I would say I have done everything in my power that I possibly could do even if that's not true, <laughs> I would tell myself that positive reinforcement um, and just say I need to trust that what I've done is sufficient and that it will get me across the line and that it will allow me to do the very best and achieve the very best score that I possibly can and just keep going and pushing through with that mentality because any other mentality is just not worth it in my opinion and I think that you know, there's, there's no benefit in adopting any other mindset other than that. It's kind of a fake it till you make it mindset, in my opinion, but it does work. And there's a reason why that's a saying. And that's because most of the time, if you keep reinforcing it to yourself, and you're confident enough about it, it does translate into something physical and into something, I guess, that's visible and that can be seen 
Um, so I guess that brings us to the end of today's episode and all the top five tips that we had. So I really hope you enjoyed it and that you can incorporate and try some of these tips and to really, um, I guess, put into practice these stress management stress management strategies in your study moving forward. Um, if you've stuck around and you're still here, thank you so, so much for listening to another podcast. Um, and we look forward to putting out another one really soon. I know Nick and I really enjoy recording it and we love kind of giving away some of our tips and helping as many people as we can when it comes to preparing for the GAMSAT. Um, so as always, let us know if you have any podcast requests or what you would like us to do, and we'll do our very best to get that out for you. Um, but other than that, I think that's all from Nick and I today, and we will see you next time on GAMSAT to Med School. Bye.